and welcome to tonight's talks. a talk show i have an exciting guest with me today <laughs> my college roommate yes who's on gun rule zone that's right oakland california zone okay <laughs> brian and tracy morell's own that's right the first you feel me? Killing Brandy's sister's own. That's right. My college roommate in the C block C205. <laughs> the one and only. Hi, girl. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I don't have my uh, my clap track, so. Well, we well, got <laughs> So. Today's episode is entitled The Case of Shanika versus Karen. Yes. Where's my gavel? On the, on the dock. <laughs> but this is, a, this is a very important topic because the Karens of the world are losing their flipping minds. They're flipping out. They have been triggered. <laughs> Completely triggered. They are triggered and they have the audacity and the unmitigated goal always <laughs> it's common it's common practice common very common practice they have the audacity to think to say to utter out of their mouths that karen is equivalent to the n-word <laughs> and we have come to the court of today talks yes <laughs> Ready to put it all to rest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, what better way to do this than to bring a real life Shaniqua? <laughs> <laughs> real and true. What better way than to bring a Shaniqua on the show? Because it is upsetting to me and my homegirl. It's very upsetting <laughs> that the Karens would even utter out of their mouths that somehow Karen is ruining their life, okay? So first thing I wanna say is that, you know, black names in general have been weaponized against us. Right. 
uh, weaponized in the sense that um, people don't even want to utilize black names anymore. Name their children those They things. don't want to name their children Taekwon or Antoine, those uh, Keisha, Shaniqua, right. Shatisha, those names have been recycled for your Aidens, your Madisons, mm-hmm. so because those are more white sounding names, which is not fair because historically speaking, you know, be, being on the plantation, our names already got taken from us. The second stripping, yes. That's exactly <laughs> you know what I mean? Stripping. And we time. had to take on names. Kunta had to go from Kunta to Toby. And our names, a lot of times, do have meaning behind them. And not just meaning, but when we do, um, I want to say, I call them hybrid names. Mm-hmm. You know, say Clary, Clariciana, right? Her daddy name was Clarence and her mama name was Shonda. So I'm going to merge the two names. Right. You know, even yes. that has a meaning because those two people in that child's life are important. But yet we are running away from those names. And we see on social media threads and we see things that says, you know, why they name they, they child that they must don't want their child to get a job. They mm-hmm. must want. So is it, is it the parents fault or is it the systems in place fault that they're not getting that job? Because my name doesn't determine how well I do it. Can I? It's the system. Janika, <laughs> speak on it because I met, you know, <laughs> It's the system's fault. It's the system's fault. I'm going to let Shaniqua get into it. But I, you know, met Shaniqua on the campus of at Dillard University. At right. 2601 Gentilly Boulevard. New Orleans. Is that, New Orleans. Is that 7th Ward? Is that 7th Ward? I was in the 7th Ward, y'all. 7th Ward. No. And I was happy to meet Shaniqua when I saw her name that she was my roommate. Um, I, I didn't have, uh, I didn't prejudge her on her name. I didn't think that, she, I didn't think anything that her name was Shaniqua. I know sometimes when that, when that comes to mind, we think of the, <laughs> I know. And I don't even want to say, you know, ghetto or anything. There are some Shaniquas like that, but that doesn't make them bad people. So Shaniqua came to me because mm-hmm. of setting to her and tell us a little bit about your history with the name. How did you get the name Shaniqua? Okay. So my father named me Shaniqua. And my parents were teenagers when they became parents. And um, what's interesting is my name is legally misspelled because my mother and my father apparently didn't really discuss how it was supposed to be spelled. And that sounds crazy, but when you think about it, back then, not everybody figured out what they were having prior to birth. Most people, you just had a couple names picked out. So I guess when it happened and I, you know, was born, they had Shaniqua for the for a girl. My mom just didn't know how to, she left out the I in my name, basically. And I didn't find out until I was 16 applying for a driver's license. And the lady presented my documents and she said, check, honey, and make sure everything is okay. And I said, actually, you left out the I in my name. (laughs) No, I didn't. That's what's on your birth certificate. So um, it was hell trying to come to Texas and change my documents because none of my documents matched. So anyway. So let me me get it right. Your name was really Shanqua. That's right. 
That's what's on my license right now, to this day. To this Shanqua. day. Shanqua. And Shanqua. <laughs> so my full legal name is Shanqua Andres Lo Morel. And I'm the only one of my parents' children with a hyphenated name because I was not born within the marriage. I was born outside of it. They got married a year later. So I have my mom's maiden name too. And they were teenagers. Yeah, my mom was 19. My daddy was 18. Yeah, they were definitely teens. <laughs> yeah, they were teens. So, I mean, growing up with my name, I didn't really feel um, differently as a child. Um, the only thing that was crazy to me, and I remember when Comic View used to come on, BET, mm -hmm. anytime that the comic did the black versus white joke, the comparison joke, that, that's, really, that's really like everybody does. It was always like Sarah or Becky or Karen. It could have been anything. But when it came to the black girl that they were going to describe, when they came to the black part of the joke, it was always Shaniqua. It seemed mm -hmm. like it was always. Always. And at first, I was just like, why are they doing that? Like, I don't understand. In my child mind, I didn't understand. I didn't understand a lot of the jokes anyway, but that definitely was confusing for me. Mm -hmm. And I went to, um, I was just telling somebody, I only went to Grand Rapids Public Schools a total of like maybe two and a half years. I went in kindergarten. I went in third grade. And then I went my second semester junior year and last year before I graduated. Before all the other times I was either in private school or in uh, Northview Public School System or California. So in, in Michigan, for the most part, I was usually like the only black kid. Especially right. when I went to private school. Especially when I went to private school. <laughs> you were the only. The, yeah, like it was me and my homegirl, Dominique. And that was pretty much, you know, and Danielle. That was it. It was like a few of us in the whole school. So when you're mentioning the joke and we're saying Shaniqua, it's, uh, Shaniqua is always regarded in a negative sense. Very. You know, Shaniqua is not regarded as the valedictorian of the class or the smartest <laughs> black girl in the room. It's always a negative connotation. Always. Gated with the name Shaniqua. Yeah. I didn't realize that, though, when I was a kid. So I think that the first time that I had probably really realized it after that was like high school. And in California, everybody's, I mean, it's diverse in California. You got some of everybody, but I think that's when I started become, becoming like the, the front of every joke. Right. Aware and like teased and like talked about. And I remember it was a song called Shaniqua Don't Live Here No More. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> Your ears is blessed, boo. I assure you. <laughs> was it trash? It was terrible. It was by some guy. He's never had another song. It never really, like, charted or anything, but it was on TR. It wasn't on TRL, but it would come on MTV from time to time, and people would sing it every time I came around, and it was just like, this is ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous. No, we're recording. Which I'm not going to be able to edit. You want to hop on and give your context about black people names i just want y'all to know that watch this i don't have editing capabilities so everybody it's fine we're all this is, this is the, the quarantine at home today talk series because <laughs> my baby over here needs some assistance with this macaroni but we'll, we'll be okay we'll, we'll be all right <laughs> it's all good it's so, okay when i met shaniqua um, in college, that we used to have these open mic nights called Cafe Noir. Oh, I miss those. I miss those too. And Shaniqua used to always make it a point. She would tell me, like, I got to represent 
for Shaniqua because people assume things about me because of my name. Yeah. Always very adamant about proving, you know, how smart you were or how intelligent you were or how intellectual you were just based off your name because it was weaponized against you, unlike Karen. Karen, when we call you a Karen because you being over the top per usual and want to call security for no reason, and you just be acting ridiculous, you're a Karen. Like, there, I mean, y'all. <laughs> I, think, I think that when you were talking about the, the whole smart thing, so I would say, okay, so when I was in college and I was in English class, I think maybe second year, there was an ABC World News article that came out. It was June 2007. It was called What's in a Name? And they basically pulled all of these people and asked them who they thought were smarter, like who's smarter, Shaniqua or Sarah? Mm-hmm. And they asked these children, similar to the dial test that they did like in the 60s, um, questions like, who ate your apple? Was it Michael or was it Jamal? Mm-hmm. And the kids would say, Jamal. Or they said, who stole your hair bow? Was it Sarah or was it Shaniqua? And they'd be like, Shaniqua, well, who would you like to invite to your party? Becky or Keisha? Uh, Becky. And it was just like trying to stir up the fact that we all know that there's these negative connotations. So when I wrote my response paper about it, obviously, because I felt a certain way at that point, because my name is Shaniqua. So right after that, I decided that I was going to apply for this job. Somebody had referred me to this job and it was entry level. I applied with my name, Shaniqua Morell, sent it in and I never heard back. Now the job position was still open and I never got a response. You know, sometimes you'll get something to say, we're moving on with other candidates. Yeah, or we selected someone else, the job has been filled. You didn't get any of those, any of that. So I didn't get any emails like that and the job was still open. So I decided that I was going to apply under a dummy name. I decided to apply under Marianne Wilkinson. <laughs> the whitest name you could think The whitest. <laughs> That's one step closer to Karen. And, and in fact, like, I don't, I, I was looking for like Dutch names because in Grand Rapids where I'm from, it's a Dutch Christian reformed culture. Mm-hmm. So those, the Van Dykes and the Van the and the duh, the, mm-hmm. those are the ones who are always going to get priority. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know if that's a Dutch name, but I had that in mind when I was looking for things like that. So Mary you, seems very Dutch. I thought so. <laughs> it's probably I, English, but it's... I thought, they, I thought they was going to hook me up. So I put, I, I got a dummy email, M. Wilkinson, how many ever letters or numbers behind it at Yahoo!, Marianne Wilkinson. I kept my address the same. I kept my phone number the same. All my experience, qualification, education the same. Mm -hmm. And sent it in and they contacted me. I mean, they contacted Marianne. They contacted Marianne Wilkinson. They contacted Marianne Wilkinson. (laughs) With Shaniqua's phone number. Yes. And when that happened, that was really jarring for me. That was really disappointing. That's when I was really frustrated. And at that point, I was like, I'm just not going to go by this name anymore because I feel like this is going to hinder me from having success in life and from being able to move forward in my career because there's no reason why I shouldn't have been qualified. Because I obviously am qualified. They called me. Yeah, they called you with those qualifications. You put the the, the twin 
uh, qualifications. Yeah. I think everything was the same except the name. Child, I didn't even change the format, okay? What about race? When they asked you what your race was, did you leave it blank? I did. Okay, you left it blank. You left it blank both times? I left it blank both times. So they, were, they were truly, they doesn't matter because they already assume. They know my race. That's why it's such a crock of bull to me. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. I mean, you know what I am, sir. Like, I've never, ever in my life, I'm 34, I've never met anybody else named Shaniqua that was white or any. I've never met, a, I've never met a white Shaniqua, but in college, I met a white Sharima. And her mother was friends with a black woman named Sharima when she was younger. And her mama really, you know, liked that lady and named her that. So I was, I too was shocked that her name was Sharima. What kind of person was Sharima? Sharima was very nice. A very nice white woman. Where I, I worked in undergrad, I worked in, we called it the black office on campus. She mm -hmm in the black office, she, I would say that she was an ally. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in, in the context of what we're dealing with in systematic racism and oppression, you have to have allies. And I would definitely say Sharima was an ally. I, I don't know what pushed her into, you know, into that role. It could have been her upbringing, because we could tell. Probably her name. You know, you know, I, yeah, I would say her name <laughs> that way. And black people were more receptive of it. Oh, and obviously her upbringing, her mother wasn't, you know, afraid to be around Blacks, obviously, if she felt enough of this Black woman, or mm -hmm. even the name enough to mm -hmm. a child after this. So, and that's the thing with Karens. When we're calling you a Karen, you're not an ally. When we're calling you a Becky, <laughs> you know, and, and I have a, a, a status I'm going to read at the end of our talk with each other that pretty much... As, uh, sums it all up about Karen, you should never in your life fix your lips to say that Karen is equivalent to the N-word. When basically a Karen is just describing a, a behavior that is used against Black people. What you, you being a Karen is always a negative reaction towards a Black person or a person of color. When, when these people are joking around about the Shaniquas and the Shanaynays and the Keishas, you know, that having that name, having those stigmas associated with your name, like we said, even in your case, can keep you from a job. It can keep you locked out of doors, spaces, opportunities. You're looked at less than, even, we're not going to get into what you do in your professional career, but even in your professional career oh, we're gonna get into some degree of it absolutely we have to i'm sorry because okay the, the the crazy thing is is that i've worked my whole life since i was 16 in customer service in some capacity whether that was at a restaurant face to face or in retail i worked at the museum in grand rapids for a really a long time when i was younger and then I landed in call centers, and that's kind of where I stuck around until last within the last five years. So I'm always talking to people. Mm -hmm. Now, when I talk to people face to face and I introduce myself, it's a different situation because I can real time read their reactions and their responses, and they can read my disposition and feel warm and welcomed and invited and all that stuff. But when you call me on the phone and I have to introduce myself, <laughs> yeah. It's a different situation. And I can hear, it's an audible gasp. Hi, 
This is Shaniqua. Well, how can I help? Uh, oh, um, well, <laughs> and I have to run for public office <laughs> on the phone to convince them that I am qualified enough to handle their account. Look, they're like, uh, can we get a Karen? Because they definitely don't want to deal with Shaniqua. Let me tell you this, this brief story that happened to me just this week to me. Share with us. So now, so at this point in my, I don't work in a call center anymore. I'm an account manager and I, I don't, nobody reports to me, but there is a support staff that supports all of us account managers and they will send out emails on our behalf. So if the insured has a question, they won't, they'll sometimes reply to them because they think, mm -hmm. okay, they're sending me the email, but that support staff will just forward it back to the account manager and say, hey, they have this question. So this support staff sends out this email. The insured had a question, called in. Another support staff directed the voicemail to me. Mm -hmm. I called him back and introduced myself, okay? We had about a 20 to 30 minute conversation because he had quite a few questions. And he said, well, I was, in the beginning, he said, well, I thought I was gonna talk to Jessica. And I was like, oh, she works in support to process things. I'm the account manager. I'm going to handle it for you. So he seemed to be content with that, okay? Right. But I had to remind him like two more times in the call that he wasn't ever going to hear back from Jessica. He kept <laughs> referring back to, well, I, well, I was, well, Jessica, no, no. I'm above Jessica. And the next day when I called to follow up with him, he again was like, I don't know about um, Jessica, but um, she's the one who sent me the email. And it was just like, to me, a complete disregard for everything. Yeah. I had did everything to help this man, completely professional, went above and beyond and answered every question that he had. He thanked me for answering questions and still felt like you weren't good enough. I just felt completely dis, you know, just disregarded and disregarded. disregarded disrespected you have valued i watched you work yourself up in this industry you know that you're in that we don't got to say because they can see your whole name <laughs> <laughs> but I, i've seen you personally work and you handle you're a woman of integrity uh professionalism you know your stuff frontwards and backwards you've worked your way up to the level that you are and the fact that you can, you know, when they call, talk about breaking a glass ceiling, you get so far and then you're like hindered. You're like pressing at the ceiling because they, they associate incompetence. Right. With, with your name. Yes. You're not incompetent just because this is your name. I even had a producer tell me one time when he went to go and visit one of his, one of our clients and they work with me all the time. And he said, he said, he, he came back to me. He said, I don't really know how to tell you this. He said, but they were asking me, like, what did you look like? Mm. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, I know. I felt so uncomfortable. I said, they just wanted <laughs> you to tell them that I was black so yeah. that they could reconcile in their mind that, yes, I'm intelligent. Yes, I'm prompt. Yes, I'm professional. Yes, I'm very nice. Yes, I'm very courteous. Yes, I'm very capable and qualified, and yes, I'm black. Just tell them. Like, if that's what they need to know, then good. Keep telling them so that they keep understanding that this is a very real, I'm a real person. You know, it's just like, this is crazy to me. It's crazy to me. I was going to look and see if I had. 
And it, it just, it really bothers me, you know, like I said, where we, our other home is social media, right? We spend mm -hmm. a lot of our time on social media. We spend a lot of our, as people, you know, interacting on social media. And then I see these pockets of some of our, in our network, I'll say that, in our network. And you see these, these pockets of conversation saying, ooh, why they name them that, or even let's just say when we, when we get gunned down, you have someone, his name is Ahmad Arbery. We know Ahmad is a pretty black name, right? Arbery, Arbery you might not know. You know, it's neutral, right? Arbery. All of our names are slave names, as far as I'm concerned. All of our <laughs> right, but if you see A. Arbery, like if the initial A. Arbery, you might not know, but when you attach the of course. there, you're going to see it. But even in those, in those moments of our trauma, we try to justify why we shouldn't have got why why we shouldn't have gotten killed. So we say things like, "Well, they went to school. Um, they volunteered at uh, the Boys and Girls Club. We gotta we gotta like you said, basically campaign, right? We gotta do we gotta do a whole damn campaign as to why we shouldn't have got shot, especially if if we have a, a black name." Listen here, Barack Hussein Obama made his black behind all the way to the highest office. <laughs> Barack with the Harvard education. We know Hussein was a sworn United States enemy. I think with the, with the Harvard education, and it doesn't matter at all in the scheme. It doesn't matter. Elon Musk can name his child 3.14, the circumference of pi. And, and he's fine. Oh, that's okay. And even when him and his girlfriend gave the meaning, you know, behind the, the name, which. See, the, th the, thing is, and the thing is about this Karen thing is, like you were saying, that's a name, that's a colloquialism, a cultural thing that we decided to give as a blanket term for their behavior behavior for sure. behavior is a choice you're placing characteristics on us that we can erase based on real things because living in poverty and living in situations where it is the ghetto or living in the projects and having a her a dialect in the way that you speak it's not negative they've made it negative but those are real life circumstances that people live every single day and they don't have choices to do that if you born you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But not only that, even when, we, like I said, we're in these networks and these, and these conversations are happening online and they're saying, oh, that parent is messing it up for that child. Why should the child then again be discriminated against because of the, the choices of the parent? It does, yeah. It's, and again, why does the parent have to be criminalized? Because that, because Brian and Tracy decided to name you Shaniqua. And I think that, I mean, I love my father. I love my parents. I love my mother. It was, I felt like it was becoming a problem. Like I'm sure my dad was like, okay, so basically, after that situation with the resume happened, the person that you see here today is not the person I was when I was 23 and how I felt about my name. I decided I wasn't going to use that name anymore. I was going to use my middle name. I was going to use Andres. This when? is so true. I want you guys to know that 
Shaniqua and I were roommates two times. <laughs> once in undergrad and once when I went to graduate school. Yeah. And graduate school, Shaniqua was definitely, she was going by Andres. Andres, which is my middle name. <laughs> and which is not, a, I'm sorry about this, keeps coming up, which is not a common name. But I'm trying to figure out how to word, I was thinking about how to word this last night. It's kind of like the difference between something being ethnic and being like exotic. You yeah, know what so I'm saying? Andres is more on the exotic side. Because right. uh, it is the Spanish name for Andre. It is. And I met a lot of people with that name after the fact. My grandmother just saw it on a talk show one day and thought it was like, a nice name and mm -hmm. my daddy wanted to give me my middle name caprice that's what it was supposed to be my name. like the car yeah that's what it was supposed to be <laughs> okay but yeah but the, the person that i am today after realizing how my dad must feel and then just feeling like wow you're really going to completely erase your identity to just feel like you gotta fit like it's over for that for me forever mm -hmm. like i it is i am who i am you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm Shaniqua Smart on Facebook because I wanted to set this precedent about us being smart. I wanted to just change the whole narrative around. I had a blog, Shaniqua Smart, and I didn't do much with it, but I will always keep that name. I just want people to understand that, you know, being smart or intelligent or, you know, being well-versed on the topic or being professional, those are all things that are a part of me, you know, things that I hold really dear to me something that I really like and I don't really feel like it's, it's crazy to me to know that you can't accept that because my name is Shaniqua yeah it's wild and and we and we we live our lives in in a white gaze and a lot of times I don't even think we realize it and some some ethnic names are more acceptable to for them so when they see my name Tanae which is spelled the way it's spelled <laughs> yeah which my mama also in the hospital didn't really know how to spell it. So she just told the lady to spell it like mm -hmm. you see it. Mm -hmm. Tanae, like Renee. But, you know, in, in the white gays, they'll say, oh, that's a nice name. Or that's a, that's a pretty name. Or how did you get, you know, come up? How did your mom come up with that name? I still think they know that it's black. But it's, in their eyes, it's more acceptable than the Shaniqua. Yeah, cause it's a, it's just a his, it's just a stigma attached to it. It's really nothing that I can really do about, do about it. it. And, but I think what we can do as a culture is not abandon our names. Yes, we don't have yes. to abandon Keisha, Tanisha, uh, Shaniqua, Shaquanda, Rolanda. Yes, where DMX when you need them? There was Diane <laughs> <laughs> and then Alicia. He's <laughs> so crazy, dog. <laughs> like, I, I like our names. I like when we know it's us because I work in higher education and I've had students who had, to me, names that I... <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've seen them too, John. Especially coming from other countries. Like, I've had... Who had names that was half of the alphabet, and it's and, mm -hmm. and half of the alphabet it sounds exactly how it looks, or you know, just from multiple countries, from Asia, from India, from you know uh, the continent of Africa, various countries in Europe, who have right. these ethnic names because it, it or cultural names from their culture, and mm -hmm. 
wear those names with pride. Sometimes it's a, a family name that's passed on. Like I said, sometimes it has to do with what you're going to be, you know, or your, or your lot in life. Mm-hmm. So, so names are important. So we shouldn't abandon what is our culture because what, what happens is they talk about the things that we're into, right? Yeah. A negative way. And then four, four and seven years later, they're adopting those same things. Case in point, we all remember this. Oh my God, Becky. Becky. Her butt. Ugh, it's like, looks like one of those, those rap guys' girlfriends. Girlfriend. It's just so round. It that it was very negative, and they used the word Becky as typical white girl. I remember growing up, and I wasn't. I'm still a young tender. <laughs> you are, you are. <laughs> okay, it wasn't too long ago where your where our butts, even though in our culture in our community it was celebrated, their culture, their mainstream culture, white. They talked about it in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Parts of the year 2020, uh, BC and COVID, <laughs> it's all the rage to have a big ass. At the expense of your life in most cases. At the expense, at the expense, of, your, of, your at the expense of your life. They're getting <laughs> butt injections. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're doing uh, all the mocalades. You got to do Pilates. You got to pop this tape in before you start back dating. You know what I mean? You do yeah. all of this, but you talked about it. Just like when you talk, when you said, you know, that we're coming from these communities with lack of resources, but we make a way out of no way. And then they're calling it ghetto, but it, it became cultural, a cultural in our, you know, uh, lives as a, a way of survival. And then now uh, all of a sudden you're adopting it and it's being recycled in vogue. Well, I was, okay, so I was listening to Dr. Um, Francis Cress Wellsling on the Donahue show. I was listening to it yesterday, and I'm just getting into a lot of the things that she talked about. She was a psychiatrist, um, and she talks about, like, white supremacy and how it basically is about an innate subconscious thinking that you have that you want something. You really do really want us, like, as Black people. You desire something a lot of things that we have, we live. you know, they tan and they extensions and the butt injections and the lip injections and the makeup to give themselves color, <laughs> you know, and I think that that subconscious feeling is also the reason or the motivation about why they completely rob all of the things that we feel like belong to us they exclude us from hip-hop was because they excluded us out of disco Mm -hmm. so we started with our own block parties and djs and the most humble beginnings having a good time and here they come like we usually do (laughs) you know and here they come we usually be having a good time we're always having a fantastic time and then they be like i i wanna how can they be so (laughs) did everything to uh, to tear them down and look at them having the time of their life the time of their life and so i have to get that <laughs> i have to have it i need to have it and i wonder i, I, I might add i wonder if 40 years from now if our grandchildren won't be having conversations like 
Y'all remember when Shaniqua was a black ghetto name and now all of these white girls have a name Shaniqua? <laughs> I want us to be alive to see it. I want because our names, how we name our children and the, those who came before us named, it was a sense of freedom. Yeah. It was freedom in being able to name, you know, that like I, a lot of people might not know the last name Freeman came because when people got free from slavery and they yeah. never wanted to keep uh, as name, some of them said they, they made up their own last name. And some of us said, I, I'm a free man. So we're the, we're the free mans. We're the free. Mans. Yes. Um, so be we should not have to be jailed or punished because we want to be free to name our children, what we want to name them. When um, the mainstream can name their child Apple or 3.14 uh, Pythagorean's theorem, and everyone be okay with it, or or if you're rich, you can name your child Denim, or you can name your child. And a lot of it has to do with class as well. I don't think there has been a famous person with the name Shaniqua yet, but mm -hmm. Candy Burris, because Candy is a black name i remember one of my mom's earlier hairdressers name was cookie one and one 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 name was cookie and one name was candy yeah real names you know what i mean but sometimes it's not accepted until you read a certain classism so she mm -hmm. named her child ace or blaze you know these nicknames as real names when you're at a certain tax bracket and everyone's okay with it but when you're marginalized and in in your working class or you're poor mm -hmm. A negative connotation so um i'm gonna read and you're locked out of resources yeah for sure you, you're locked out of all these things um, i i think i want to say one thing before it escapes me i think that what it comes down to is that when you talk about free we're really not because freedom means you absolutely have these choices and you have these and choices aren't free Choices aren't free of consequences. Mm -hmm. That's true. But the consequences shouldn't be. Um, but, if the, but when the consequences are, I guess, the system of white supremacy and systematic racism, then that's the unfortunate part of it. I, guess. I mean, that's the, that's the part of it. Because they get the choice. They get the, the ID. They can do all of those things without the consequences. It's not yeah. oppression, Karen. It's inconvenience. Okay? <laughs> that's what you guys need to understand while y'all are all up in arms. It's inconvenience, boo. It's not oppression. You can and I guess that's, that's what we want you all to take from this conversation today, uh, Karen. So in the case of Shaniqua versus Karen, Shaniqua wins this case of her name is the most oppressed and Karen is just a, a joke. Karen, uh, Shaniqua, um, the, the name Karen won't keep you from getting an apartment or renting a house because the landlord thinks that by oh. name you're going to ruin his property. Dealt with that too. <laughs> Every single box I've dealt with. It. <laughs> Every box. Every single Home one. Home discrimination. Job discrimination. Even, even in the dating world. Oh my God. Come on. Give us a Triggered. Story. I'm triggered. <laughs> <laughs> I'm triggered. <laughs> triggered. Oh, I feel like Janae Aiko. My boo, has a, my boo has a very black name, though. 
we were all just triggered. It, it was triggering to me when it came across my timeline that the the white women of the world, or some of them, not all, were really feeling like they were being attacked because they were being called Karen. And I just wanted to be like, and this is harming you in what way? How? How? <laughs> How? How? <laughs> <laughs> So this is, uh, I want to share this, which this is not my, um, this is not my words. This is the words of Mercy Morganfield, and we're going to end it on that note. It says, for white girls who considered suicide when being called Karen was too much. I hopped on Facebook and responded to two posts this morning. One response was about Ahmaud Arbery. I had to remind people to say his name. And the other was a response that this whole white girl, Karen, debacle. Some feminists equated being called Karen with the N-word. And a white friend wanted to know the difference between a Karen and a Becky. As for me, I want to know why the men who shot Amal Arbery are not in jail. You see, we all have our priorities. What's in a name? Why don't we start there? To so many Black women, the fence over the name Karen seems a bit frivolous when we have to remind America to say the names of unarmed Black people gunned down by law enforcement or white vigilantes. But being called Karen is what keeps you up at night? At least you are still alive to get offended. Sandra Bland is dead. But okay, I'll play along. <laughs> what is the difference between Karen and Becky? Well, I don't know. What is the difference between Lakeisha and Lawanda? What is the difference between having a family name and having to take the name of the plantation where your ancestors were enslaved? Really? When we get right down to it, what's in a name? I teach classes to large corporations on interviewing and hiring. I always have a segment on conscious inclusion. Instead of looking at differences, we can look at who is being left out. What perspective are we not looking at? It is almost always the perspective of the people least represented in the workplace in a power position. So Becky and Karen will be included. Nikwa mm -hmm. and Lakeisha will be left out. In the same class, I talk about unconscious biases. We all have them, but for some of us, an unconscious bias can deny us opportunities while it opens doors for others. A research study took identical resumes and only replaced the names. They found that the resumes with traditionally white-sounding names like Susan, Sally, Brandon, and Karen were moved forward in the interview process. Marianne Wilkinson. While traditionally black-sounding names like Lakeisha, Shaniqua, Tyrone, and Lawanda were put on the reject pile. So what's in a name? Black folks have been using the name Becky to describe the cute blonde girl for years. Just like white folks use Lakeisha and Shanene to describe the loud, gum-smacking black girl. Think of all the sitcoms and late-night shows where white people make fun of Spanish-sounding names or stereotype the black or Spanish person, i.e. calling them Maria. My grandmother watched a young white man physically remove her grandmother off the sidewalk so white people could pass. He didn't know her name. He just called my great-grandmother auntie and call my grandmother Gal. You see, we have been stereotyped with names since before Karen was a twinkle in Marge and Bob's eyes. 
but you are offended by a name? So funny how those same offended white women don't think about names until someone is not using theirs. They didn't give it a thought until someone stripped away their humanity and triaged them to a compartment called annoying white women. Because that's basically all we're saying, is that you're annoying. <clears throat> um, because we are followed around in stores because we are stere stereotyped as thieves. Denied loans because we are stereotyped as broke. Denied rape kits because we are stereotyped as promiscuous. We feel your pain, Karen. But do you feel ours? For the record, Bet Becky is ditzy and Karen is annoying. That is why the white cat argues with her all the time. These same women ask to shorten your African or Spanish sounding name when remembering it is just too inconvenient. You, you can pronounce spaghetti, but you can't pronounce Carmencita. <laughs> call you Cam? I don't know. Can I call you Karen? What's in the name? Do you know some black people will not name their children black sounding names? They can't name their child after their great, great grandfather. And I'm saying this, Cleopas, or okay. after their mother because their names sound too black. It's right. an episode of Blackish to get us to understand the tyranny behind not being able to name our own children what we want to name them. We have to think about the way white society will view them for the rest of their lives. Do you have that problem, Karen? Is that your reality? So until being called Karen costs you a job, a promotion, makes you get paid less, makes you, get a, uh, makes you not get a mortgage loan, makes you name your children something else, makes you get chosen last, until that happens, I think you can suck it up, Karen. And that's that on that. That's that on that. That's it. That's <laughs> did that sum it up for you? Did she cover everything? She did. She covered every little thing. So um, please, anybody who watches this, I know earlier we said, talked about, uh, Shanique would mention, you know, here, just know that when we get uh, weaves, it's not to look like a white woman. But that's another um, conversation for another day. We got to say that. That's crazy. <laughs> I have to say that. But um, if anybody has a Karen story or a Shaniqua story, Drop it in them comments. I love yes. it. Uh, so, you know, in true to Nate Talks fashion, it's time for you to give your shout outs. <laughs> Even at home, what's your shout outs? Oh, gosh. Who's my shout out? Shout out. Dang, I shout out on my dad the last time. You did. Shout out to my mom. <laughs> dang. Afterthought. No, I just thought about my dad because he named me Shaniqua, but my mom went through all of the labor pangs and all that other stuff. Oh, my daughter's clearing her throat. <laughs> you gonna give me the shot, I made your dinner, girl. Shout out to my mom, shout out to my daughter, Trinity. Wonderful, I wanna give a shout out to uh, the people at Dillard University who made me and Shaniqua roommates. Aww. Um, did it because we were both from Michigan, we were on the Midwest floor. <laughs> we were, it was a lot of us. <laughs> When you, on the when, you there, when you met me, you didn't think any type of way about me, but my dad, when he met you and he saw you dusting off your Bible, <laughs> he was like, yes, I know my daughter ain't going to get in no trouble because she is saved and she dusting off her Bible and she is good. Girl, he was so happy. But so over the top. <laughs> <laughs> dusting off my Bible, bleaching the room. Baby, I cleaned that room. 
You did. I so appreciate you. (laughs) (laughs) I also want to give a shout out to my son. His name is Andrew. And no, it was not Andrew because I was trying to give him some um, employable name. That's his daddy name. That's his daddy name. And when his mama named him, I am a thousand percent sure she wasn't thinking about him getting a job. <laughs> so he's only a junior. He's not a he's not a third, is he? No, he's a junior. <laughs> okay. I was wondering if you, if Andrew, if Drew's dad's name was Andrew. No. Oh. I also want to give a shout out to all the Shaniquas of the world, all the Latoyas, Satoyas. Keisha. Tanenes, Tonikas, Tanikas, Tamikas. Tamika. Tanika. <laughs> yes, there's another one. <laughs> I Tamika. want to dedicate this show to all of y'all because you are smart. You is smart. You is smart. <laughs> you, you is important. Important. <laughs> Import and you make the world go round. That's right. That's a you fact. Make the world go round, and you should be give, you should be given an opportunity and not uh, tossed in a pile uh, just because you have a cultural name. Embrace your name, love your name, and don't be afraid to. That's right. To pass that 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 ethnic strength and creativity and uniqueness. On to your next child, because guarantee my next child is gonna have a a, a hybrid name. A day day. <laughs> oh, that's cute. <laughs> but I ain't pregnant. Okay, peace out. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we go in there now. What? And we we talked about it.